0: circumstances this week uh after the passing of david bowie um 69 years old died just three days after the release of his new album um black star yeah sad news indeed and
1: um something that we will dive into a little bit more later on the podcast we have some stuff we want (laughs) to some sort of more housekeeping type uh segments we want to do first but but yeah uh definitely heartbreaking news uh Bowie was kind of just a giant of music yeah I mean,
0: simply put it shocked the music world yeah just I think just the world in general actually because like I remember jig, you texted me that morning and I read it and I was just like this is up it's just upsetting usually I don't care about <clears throat> celebrity deaths or anything like that but like this one actually affected me and kind of hit close to home, and it did for a lot of people because he meant a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So, oh, it's always sad when a visionary, a genius, a true artist like that ends up passing.
1: It is, so and and we have a whole probably half a show dedicated pretty, to it, pretty much. So yeah, we'll so we'll we'll jump we'll in first with uh with some lighter hearted yes. stuff, and I think we can jump in as we uh are as we usually do with a casual conversation. Uh, so, Sean, um, I was just, you know, wondering, a couple of friends. I think I turned the microphone off. It, we're just talking right
0: now. What uh, what have you been listening to lately, you know, musically? You know, Jake, I um, am actually pretty offended you would even try and joke after uh, the events that, that happened that we were just discussing. Oh, I'm sorry. That you would make light. Uh, I'm, well, I didn't make light of David Bowie's well, death. Well, you know. It's very serious news. You know, you ask me what kind of music I want to listen to, or I've been listening to, he made music. How do you not compare those two things? How do you not... How? What am I supposed to make of that? I think you're just You're to, baiting me into this. This is all fair. I think we should end the show now. What's kind of fucked is I'm actually making light of it now. Yeah. So... No, it's you that's done no, it. No, I know. I know. Yeah. So, and hey, listen, I mean hard to hear first from Sean. Sorry, everybody. Um, all right, so what have I been listening to lately? So I guess we could say twenty sixteen is officially in full swing, it's, right?
1: Yeah, January nineteenth in terms of
0: still oh, I, I, well I meant I meant in terms of like music? music coming out. Yeah. Like the albums are starting to trickle in things and, like, are starting to come out. They're starting to pick up. So I I wouldn't say with the exception of Black Star, I wouldn't say that anything's been like amazing. However, I just I'll, I'll highlight a few that I've been I listening to. I just belched. I burped. That, that that will have gotten picked up by the microphone. We won't. We will not edit it out. No, we will not. I would never. We will not. Um, so I've been listening to the new Anderson Pack album. I know you have two. Is it pronounced Pack or Puck? Pac? I dude. I don't know. This is no this reason. is preparedness once again. It is rearing its ugly head. It is. Um, I've been still listening to a ton of jazz. So whenever I read. I put jazz on, and it's just kind of exploded. I know we talked Sean, about... be
1: careful, because I hope you know that you just mixed reading and jazz, which means either everyone is one of two things. A, asleep, listening to the podcast, and it's still running, and like they're hearing this, and I'm talking while they're sleeping, it's just lulling them further. Or B, they've shut it off.
0: Yeah, or, or the third option, which you didn't mention, is they think I'm a pretentious asshole, and they hate me. Well,
1: that that leads to shutting it off. I guess shutting it off is, is 2B. 2A is
0: cookie. Yeah, your asshole. I guess if you're recording yourself talking about music, That's it's fair. already implied that That's you're a fair. pretentious asshole. So, sorry, everybody. No, Again, very true. I'm sorry. Anyways, I've been listening to a lot of jazz still, A lot of Miles Davis, uh, John Coltrane, some Thelonious Monk in there, too.
1: Wonderful stuff. And I don't um, mean to make light of jazz because, as no, you know, yeah, I, I do oh, Yeah, yeah, we Oh, yeah,
0: we're both fans. And then, on top of that, um, I gave the new Ty Siegel... A, list, a couple listens as well. That's where I'll jump in. Yeah. Because
1: I, too, gave it... I've given it two listens, the new Ty Siegel album, Emotional Mugger. Um, so, actually, that is a good point to say that we're going to try to start a Spotify playlist of the um, songs that we reference or artists we reference um, on the podcast. Unfortunately, Ty Siegel, we will not be able to because
0: he's not on Spotify. Nope. so He's he, a goddamn renegade.
1: I actually am liking this album, though. I'm two I, listens in. I, I, I like
0: it. It's Yeah. Okay, so... I'll just quickly say, Jake, you're right. He's not on Spotify because he's part of the Drag City record label and they don't have any of their artists on Spotify. Think uh, Joanna Newsom, Bonnie Prince Billy, those kinds of people, Ty Siegel. Those kinds of people? Those kinds of artists. I, um, You know what, Sean? I think you're the one who's being offensive. I am. I Once again, I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, So here's the thing with Ty Siegel. And I can't really speak to this that well because I've only listened to things here and there by him. He comes out with a new album seemingly every six months. He gives all the time. This is the first one I've listened to all the way through. I've never gotten into him. So the other thing is, like, if you're coming out with music that often, why why should I keep caring? It all sounds the same. It's just this, like, kind of garage rock sound, which is good. I like that sound. However, it's I, to me, it's not that interesting, and I don't care enough to give it more than just a couple listens. Like it, I'm like, it's good, fine, I know what it is. I don't need to listen anymore.
1: That being said, if you're in the market for some garage rock, Ty Siegel is worth checking out. It might, might still be streaming on NPR. So if you're interested or if you like Ty Siegel and you're like, hey, I didn't know he had a new album. Well, first of all, shame on you because it's been six months. Second of all, <laughs> hop on NPR, and their website, and you can, what is it called? Listen First, what, what first they called? listen. First listen.
0: NPR first listen. Other things I've been listening to. What you <laughs> Hold say? on a second. i just You make a great point. If you're a Ty Siegel fan, you should know that it's a it's he's stati- after six months he's statistically due for new music to be coming you should, out. You should have an internal clock that's like, oh, last time he came out with an album was in June. It's now January. New album.
1: I was gonna say the same thing. It's an internal clock, and it's like if you oversleep your alarm,
0: and you and you, you wake, wake up, up, you know, and and you, you wake know. up,
1: and it's like, say you wake up at eight o'clock to get to work at nine. and you wake up one day at eight ten. you know it's late yep like you know you're like oh ty siegel came out with an album four or five days ago i
0: i gotta hop in the shower really quick
1: i I gotta hop in the shower i gotta listen to this thing other things i've been listening to other than ty siegel gave my first full listen to daughter's new album is it not to disappear that it's called uh daughter is like sort of an ambient ish uh electronic dream pop dream pop sound yeah uh trio quintet i think
0: uh, yeah i'm not totally sure of them our friend erica would actually know shout a lot better she, big shout friend of the pod big friend of the pod she likes them a lot um i i haven't really listened that much to them though i i have listened to this album i'm like two or three listens in i think it's pretty good it's nothing groundbreaking it's nothing show but it's right. good it's just like i said before nothing classic or great has come out yet this year Except for Black Star, this is just which is classic. Again, which I've been is. listening to a lot. Me too. Also lately.
1: So to quickly go through a few things on the topic of Bowie, but listening to Black Star more than anything else, sort of nonstop. Also, have gotten my first real listens in on Station to Station. I listened once last year. I've now listened, I think, three or four more times. I listened to Heroes last night, and I listened to Lodger last night. Um, really cool albums. The, those are uh, Low is the first of the Berlin trilogy. Those are the second two. And then to go through a couple more quickly, I today listened to Metal, M-E-D-D-L-E by Pink Floyd, and Pink Flag by Wire. I was um, flipping through, and the reason I found it was I was looking, think through Pitchfork's top 70s albums list. I was curious if they had any Pink Floyd on there. They do, they have like three or four. And so I searched Pink. Pink Flag came up by this band Wire. And this is a really interesting album. Have you ever heard of Wire? No. So they're like uh, one of the, pioneers of post-punk essentially this album came out in 77 i believe huge year for me that 77 to 79 again and again we keep finding um but basically it's like this um sort of it's punk and sort of like the start of post-punk and it's this 21 song album spread over 35 minutes whoa there are there are like Probably ten songs that are less than a minute. That's crazy. And there are a few more, several more that are less than two. That's crazy. That's crazy, yo. That's crazy, yo. (laughs) Shout out to... David Casillas. Not David. Is it David? Yeah.
0: From the New England Patriots. No, he's on the Giants now. Uh, Oh, right. He's on the New York Giants. That little soundbite. That's crazy, yo. Very esoteric, um little reference from Jake and I there. It's an inside joke about like the Patriots Super Bowl highlight. When the Patriots DVD won, thing. Yeah,
1: when the Patriots won the Super Bowl, they released a DVD of of on-field highlights of the game. One of them was after a particularly wild play, one of our linebackers standing dumbfounded saying, "That's crazy, yo." That's crazy, yo. Like anyway, so that's what that's all about. So To sum it up, wait, did you have others that you wanted to? Yeah,
0: just really quickly, I wanted to mention, I'm still listening to The Monitor by Titus Andronicus. Oh, gave that my
1: first listen. Really good.
0: That album's amazing. I've listened a lot now, and I'm continuing to listen. And then really quickly as well, I've been listening to The Milk-Eyed Mender by Joanna Newsom a ton. I do want to say that, Jake, this would have been the album for us to start with, with her. Not Divers. Really? This one's way more, like, accessible. Immediate? immediate. Yeah. Not Divers.
1: So point is, uh, that's a lot. A lot of music we just threw yeah. out there. But if you want to check out um, Daughter, some Bowie, some of that jazz, Anderson Park, Pink Floyd, or Pink Flag by Wire, or jo- uh, not Joanna Newsom, we no, can't do that. Jag
0: City. But maybe um, Titus Andronicus. Titus
1: Andronicus. Yep. Check out the playlist, yep. which we'll probably set yeah. up. We'll make that right after We'll this. set up. Yeah. We'll, we'll get that going. Yeah. Maybe a song from each album. Yeah. Or two. Yeah,
0: that sounds good. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. So... I think the next big news, and it feels like every week we have this news. Well, we do, because Kanye's coming out with a new song every single week until the release of his album, Swish. So Friday came and went, no new song. I'm not surprised. Like, you can't rely on Kanye for anything. So he did come out with No More Parties in L.A. on Monday, which, if you remember from our previous podcast, it was the little snippet that he put at the end of Real Friends. And it's a song featuring Kendrick Lamar, um, and it came out on Monday. And then Jake and I actually got into a bit of a debate about it was less this a de- song.
1: Yeah. And I cut you off, and I'm sorry. But it was... It did end up turning into a debate. Even though our opinions aren't that different. But essentially... <sighs> Do I listen three more times today? I do I really like this song? I I, I at this point like it more than I was saying yesterday. Okay, I okay, really like No okay. Parties in LA. Uh, oh, here oh it is.
0: and we have You know what that means? We have a phone call for the first time since I think our second episode. Jake, you actually Welcome. throw me that phone. Oh, someone answered. Someone answered. Wonderful. Um anyways, so yeah, basically what was happening was Jake and I gave it a listen. I texted him, and I said, Jake, what do you think of this song? You didn't
1: say Jake. You wouldn't text me Jake. I
0: wouldn't wouldn't do that. I I have done that. Uh, What is your take on this?
1: What is my take at that point?
0: On this song. Right now? Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you were recreating our text conversation. No one wants to
0: hear our text conversation.
1: So my take on this song is actually, so before leaving work today, Because this is what I do at work. I listen to music all day. Mm -hmm. And so I was at the end of the day, I was like, I'm going to pop on No Parties in L.A. again. And I'm going to listen to Real Friends. I listened to No Parties, which is the previous single that Kanye released for the upcoming album. So I ended up listening to No Parties in L.A. three times and to Real Friends twice. I've come to the conclusion that they're a lot closer than I thought, personally for me, and that I like No Parties in L.A., a lot like a like more than the eight out of 10 I told you I give it yesterday. Okay I love the production. I I personally think that Kendrick and Kanye bring it on this song. I really do.
0: I know you're a fan of Kanye's verse. I think it's pretty damn good. All right let me give let me give my take. So Jake is hot on this song. He's hot to trot on no more parties in LA. Sh- me, my opinion is that this is just a good song. It's good, it's fine. Not lighting the world on fire. It's not one of the it best Kanye set songs. On fire. It did. It's, but any new Kanye song is going to do that. That's so, fair. and the unwashed masses are going to drink it up, Jake. <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. I'm, if you if I'm you don't want to if you want to come across
1: as not pretentious, <laughs> <laughs> describing the general public <laughs> as the unwashed, un- un- I knew masses.
0: exactly what I was doing, and I'm joking. You, I'm, of course, I'm joking. Of course, you are. Wink. Um. <laughs> Anyways, this I don't think this is an all time good or great Kanye song. I think it's just a solid release that is coming out leading up to Swish and I don't think it's gonna be on the album. Oh I think it is. Well I don't see I, why. Uh, okay. Let me let me say this. This is not a throwaway like facts, dude. This is a pretty good song.
1: You're I think you're underselling it a little bit. It's maybe you just don't like it that much, but I think this deal.
0: is a the production is good. The verses from Kendrick and Kanye are, are good. Dude, it's, I think
1: Kendrick's verse is really memorable, borderline great,
0: and, and Kanye's I, verse is very good. I don't think so. I don't know. Why? I just, Dude, I re- I listened is, to
1: Real Friends today. The verses on, on No Parties in L.A. are better than the verses on, on Real Friends.
0: I liked the verses on Real Friends and the production on Real Friends. The better. production
1: is of Real Friends is my favorite. That and that's why
0: I, I come back to No More Parties in L.A., and I think maybe it doesn't end up on the album. It just doesn't sound like a totally finished product to me I think if it does end up on the album it's different than what it is now
1: I don't understand is it you want it more polished like is it uh no it's not that it's a six minute song it's pretty finished
0: I know it's not I want it more polished it's just like the, the production is that very much like college dropout older Kanye sound which is fine a lot of people really really like that
1: kind of retro soul inspired
0: exactly what I have come to expect and really enjoy from Kanye West are these genre-pushing, transcendent hip-hop rap songs in the same vein of what we heard on Twisted Fantasy and what we heard on Yeezus. Now, I understand that not every single song by him is going to be a 10 out of 10 amazing and be pushing music forward at all times. However, I'm not willing to yield that this song is a great Kanye song. I think it's just good. It's a solid release. Like I, I would give it like a 7.5 out of 10. I like the song. I'm not hating on it. I just don't think it's in the same conversation or same realm as something that we heard on Yeezus or Twisted Fantasy. And your argument is, Sean, not everything is going to be that. You're also right. However, what we've come to expect from Kanye is the work of a god among men. It's the work of someone who is constantly pushing creative boundaries, who's constantly challenging and re-upping himself and reinventing the idea of what music and art is. That's not what we're getting on this song. This is just kind of like an average Kanye song that we would have heard back in 2004, 2005.
1: But but by that same token, like, in two points here, does Real Friends push the boundaries that hard? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's and
0: just a little bit better than this song. I it, give Real Friends an 8 out of 10. I give No More Parties a 7.5 out of 10. Neither of them are like, oh my god, this is amazing. And if... And if both of these end up on Swish, I'm not saying Swish is going to be a misfire. I'm saying I'm not as excited for Swish, or I don't think it will be as good as Yeezus or Twisted Fantasy.
1: I don't know. Man, I'd be all in on an album that has both
0: of these songs. I really
1: do like them both. I would a lot. like
0: the album. I wouldn't be as excited for it if uh, I wouldn't be as excited if I were hearing things that didn't sound like 2004, 2005 Kanye.
1: But I don't think that first of all, real friends. I think sounds more like this twisted fantasy Kanye. This I song, I disagree, hey, dude. It no, has no. that soul sound. Real friends? Yeah. Real friends has this kind of dark, like, like sort of. It sounds like a old piano to me. It reminds me kind of of twisted fantasy production. My other point, one of the most popular and best loved songs on Yeezus harkened back to old school Kanye. Bound two.
0: I am with you on that. How first of all. And,
1: and a lot of what he's doing on Yeezus is referencing, like, the club scene. It's not stuff he's inventing, necessarily.
0: No, Well, okay, he's basically... I was actually talking to to Ian about this big friend of the pod. Big friend oh, of the pod. Oh, f- big supporter. Big supporter, big friend of the pod. We were talking about how the things he, were do- he was doing on Yeezus takes that kind of, like, industrial rap sound that people like Death Grips were doing. Right. And he made it, like, accessible, in, in my opinion just better
1: well it was, may have we may have found it accessible a lot of people didn't like yeezus you're so right i was actually found it very
0: having another conversation with someone else i worked out where they're like i didn't i couldn't keep listening to yeezus it was too much
1: exactly and a lot of a couple of our friends like logan and mitch for example like liked it then really soured on it yeah like because and honestly if i'm popping on a kanye album it's not yeezus personally
0: for me it's not it actually is for me it well obviously it's twisted fantasy first Honestly, Yeezus is my second favorite Kanye album, which sounds sacrilegious. its I don't think it sounds sacrilegious. A lot of people are like, college dropout, late registration. I like Yeezus and what he's doing on there better than both those albums. And it maybe it's because like I wasn't listening to those albums when they came out because I understand how revolutionary and great they were when they first came out. I just think I've been hearing that same sort of production and sound over the last decade. And now when I go back... It's not, it's not having the same effect on it. It's not as fresh. Right.
1: Yeah. I think I like late registration more than I like Jesus.
0: Um, probably. I think there's some fat that could be trimmed from late registration.
1: Huh. That's interesting. I, I don't
0: have any examples off the top of my head. I just think it's, like, a little too long. Like, get rid of some of these skits and, like... I think
1: the skits are really funny. But... Every time you're listening through, though. Every time I can you're see listening it.
0: through, you're like, okay, I get it. Like, my broke point is, five broke.
1: Here, here pretty.
0: Funny. It's, it's funny. funny. It's I funny. know
1: we are sharing genes. <laughs> yeah, like but, I get it. But here's the thing, broke five broke. I think, like, I feel like you have this idea of like what you're expecting, and it, like whatever he's gonna come out with isn't gonna be what that sound like you're imagining, though. So,
0: uh, sure, there's a sound that I'm imagining, and it's more in the vein of a wolf's. I think if. I haven't things heard of wolves. are trending more towards wolves. We listened to it last week. Oh, Ray, right, you showed me wolves. If things trend Sorry. more towards wolves, I'm vi- I'm really happy with that sound. And it's like, it goes back to what I was just saying about Kanye has positioned himself as this, this genius artist who is just reinventing the game every time out. That's not what this feels like. Could it still be a good album with these songs on it and in this same style? Yes, of course. It's going to be good. It's not going to be the 10 out of 10... out of 10 that we've come to expect from kanye it's going to be more like an 8 out of 10
1: Hmm. i i don't know i just have a different perspective I just think uh, like i just think that like what he's doing with these songs is i think i mean i think no parties in in la is like a a really just fun energetic well-produced kanye song i love that he defers the first verse to kendrick I love that he's, like, collaborating equally with him. I think he brings some good stuff out of Kendrick that you don't hear on some of Kendrick's more self-serious work. I think what Kanye's doing on the track, he does, like, he's, he's that Pablo voice, and he, does, he has these different cadences. He does some quicker rapping on it. I don't know. Like, for me, it's, like, it's kind of what I was, like, hoping for. I don't hmm. know. I, I just... Interesting. I, I, just, I think it's just a difference of perspective. I think we're just seeing it differently.
0: Yeah, I think we are, too, and I think... I. Like I said, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't end up on the album, or if it does, if it's in a different, like, style. Well, that's what or, Rolling
1: Stone was saying, that they don't think it's going to end up on the album. Pitchfork, however, gave it a best a new best track. best
0: track. So I think, you know, this might just be a polarizing song in general. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it, um... I will say really quick about this, he references the cousin who stole the laptop again. Are we going to get a Kanye concept album about the cousin who stole the laptop?
1: I think that we're due. We're at least getting an EP in 2017. (laughs) Cousin Laptop EP. Here's the thing: is the story there that this laptop had Kanye porn on it? Him because that's what he was. I think he says something. Oh, really? In one of his verses about like, I think I could be wrong, but I I thought I heard when I was listening one of my many listens today that it was like he like filmed himself having sex on this. And it was on this laptop that got stolen, and he had to pay $250,000 to get it back. <laughs> it was something like that. I could be totally misquoting it. Maybe I made that up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is how I, internet rumors start.
1: It, well, yeah. looks like I might
0: have uh, a copy of that hard drive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to say I don't. I'm also not going to say I do and incriminate myself. You always have to wait and see, listeners. Uh, so the, the bottom line is, seems like we have some differing opinions here. Although, at the end of the day i maybe give it an eight and a half. You okay. give it a seven, seven and, and, and a half. It's not we'll, that we'll, we'll far c- off. We'll g- go with the average of eight. Sure. I think there's going to be some better songs in the album. I, I think hope. there's going to... See, now that makes me think that you... See, this is the thing, though. Because you're, like, saying you I, like I'm, it. I'm
0: giving you shit. It, you shouldn't... It's not me. I didn't make the song. Yeah. Imagine if Kanye was hearing my takes on this.
1: Dude, we'd be... Si- We'd be singing a different tune <laughs> yeah,
0: If Kanye we, were here yeah,
1: we We'd be singing a very different tune
0: I'd be like, be like, 10 like No dude I'd be like It's like a 6.2 I two. I'm ex- not your best Kanye I've
1: really expected more from you
0: Yeah Speaking I thought you were a genius
1: I thought you were a god I guess you're Just a man A mortal <laughs> yeah. Which he is I
0: mean He is He's a mortal man He is He's fallible like all of us um, So Yeah I give it a 7.5 Jake gives it an 8.5 We'll round it out to an 8 So so I think now we can move into some David Bowie talk. Um, and we we referenced this at the top of the episode, but uh, for for kind of the rest of the time here, we'll probably just be talking about David Bowie, what his career meant, what he meant to music and culture. You know, some of our favorite albums and songs by him, and kind of the discussion of Black Star in general and what that means in the context of his career and the context of his death. So, Jake, what do you, so the, do you have on on Bowie?
1: The first thing I want to say is that. Um, last Monday was a weird day because I woke up, I was going to a conference in New York. So I was already in like a weird mood, like transitional kind of mood. And we had recorded because I was going to this conference the night before Sunday night, pretty late. Actually, I think I, we had just watched football. So it was like probably nine o'clock when mm-hmm. I left at 10. Mm-hmm. Um, we had talked about Bowie and black star a little bit and we actually were like, okay, we'll push our black star talk till next week. Cause we have too much for the podcast. We'll push black star till next week. Um, and so Bowie was, like, on my mind because i have been listening to the album. I was really liking it. I was looking forward to listening to it at work the following morning before I left for this conference. I wake up around 7 to a text from Mary-Kate, my girlfriend, and it, it said David Bowie died. And I I, I didn't react to it with – I didn't, like, cry or anything. I I'm not someone who gets really upset about celebrity deaths, but I will say that I was legitimately shocked. And it, I was more stunned and sad – than I've ever been about a celebrity death. It's not that Bowie's my favorite artist of all time, but it's someone who I've come to love over this past year or so. And especially like, since college, like, the last five years, I've really gotten into Bowie, especially the last year. And it's someone who's still pushing the envelope, still making great music, seemed like he still had more to do. It was just a shock.
0: I, and, and then I texted Sean. and Yeah, and I got that text, and it was the same reaction for me. I was really shocked. I was. It didn't feel real, and... I think one of the main points here is that, like, he had just come out with an album, and then he's dead. And my first, like, I just had this connection in my brain. I was like, album, death, three days later, like, this is so weird, like... It's very Bowie. Yeah. is what I've
1: kept saying to everybody.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, I want to bring up Ian again. He mentioned he pulled, like, almost a reverse Jesus on this, where he, like, he, like, kind of resurrected his career. Well, not that it needed resurrecting, but, like, he came back with a new album on a Lazarus. Friday song called Lazarus on it. 3 days later he dies. Like it's uh, it, poetic in a way. It's
1: it oh, it's poetic in many ways. And the thing is is like Bowie, this seems like such a Bowie thing if it wasn't planned. I'd be a little surprised to be honest with you because he releases it on January 8th, which is his birthday, his 69th birthday, dies a few days later. The album's getting critical acclaim. It's just this confluence of things. His birthday, the album comes out, he dies. It's just these three things. It almost seems like this sort of swan song of sorts, just a, a big last hurrah of Bowie-ness
0: yeah, I, I totally that he treated us to. I totally agree, and that's exactly what he did. He treated us to this, and I've heard from a lot of his collaborators and other musicians they are like, this was this is his last gift to everybody. His parting gift. And that's really what it is. It was another masterpiece from Bowie. Um, so I think, Jake it'd be interesting to talk about what he means to music and culture, especially from our point of view. Cause like you said, we only got into him over the past year. And I think that was another reason why it affected us so much is cause it's like, we finally got into this guy who was always such an icon and we could finally understand what people were talking about. We could like, we were like in the club. We were in the Bowie club. Basically yeah. we could be like, Oh, low is an awesome album. Right. And know and like understand what people are talking exactly. about. Exactly. So I think, in our context he was only just starting to mean a lot and you have other people who were growing up with him and have all these other memories associated with his music outside of just the past year that we have
1: yeah i think um so for me it's kind of two pronged one thing that i keep hearing from a lot of uh commentators on this writers um andy greenwald and chris ryan on their podcast they discuss this and a a lot of the rhetoric i agree with it is that bowie made it cool made it hip to be a misfit to be weird to be different he had the two color eyes he changed his look with every album he was always striving to be weird for me though um and i i think all of that's very interesting and it's a part of it for me but what's more interesting about bowie to me is is what he means to specifically music like not just culture not just everything it's music because if you look at The 60s and 70s. So Bowie really starts getting popular around the very late 60s, early 70s. Bowie is one of the first artists to really move rock in a direction, and in a popular direction that's beyond the sort of traditional blues and folk rock foundations. And like early... So you have at that time, you have Zeppelin doing stuff. You have the Beatles just wrapping up. You have the Stones still going on. The Who is pushing... They're pushing the boundaries a little bit. But you have bands that are doing more traditionally rock things. And then you have Bowie come on the scene and throughout the early 70s, mid 70s, late 70s, he transitions through all these sounds and incorporates electronic with the help of Brian Eno, works on ambient music, um, and again brings that kind of freakish quality to rock music, which I think it was in, in need of or would have maybe gone stale. I think he was really influential. In, I mean, he. I know he was in New Wave and in all these, in these trends that came up in the 70s and 80s, and he was just this sort of chameleon, which is how some people describe him. I mean, what's your, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you just said. Um, I think to touch on his cultural impact in a little bit, like what he did for just like uh, gender norms and what it meant to be a male or a female or not associate with a certain gender and like androgyny and things like that, were really important and it's something that I think in 2016 we might kind of take for granted now but and not
1: even it's still like some right. of that stuff is still considered taboo boundary, boundary pushing yeah exactly so imagine
0: bowie doing it in the early 70s which is crazy and probably upset a lot of people which I think is great um and it probably helped a lot of like young people who were struggling with some of those things who needed an icon like bowie to be you know I feel okay about this like yeah. this is Okay, for me, in like this guy's doing it, he's you know he's challenging people's beliefs and in norms on this, and I think that's really really important and something that you know is right up there with his music too in terms of of uh, of his importance.
1: Yeah, it's really really important, and I think one of my favorite ideas of Bowie, like a general, I like just the way I think of him um, is. And I've seen a lot of people write It's like he was this alien. Yeah. This alien who... Like a literal star man. Yep. Who came to Earth and did all this stuff and like showed us how to be different, how to be weird. He had two different color eyes. He looked almost reptilian. Yep. And, you know, um, just everything he did musically and just in terms of his appearance and and his stage presence... um, to, I mean, he's someone we're not going to get again. This is not someone who you can recreate. No. And that's, I think, what the real shame is. And I think it, that's yeah. why we saw all the public outcry of support and of, of sorrow when Bowie died. I think it, because Bowie's not someone you hear, you're not going to have a casual Bowie conversation with just anybody. You're not, he's not someone you talk about a lot, especially if you're just, even if you're talking about rock music with people. But I think Bowie latched onto that part of all of our hearts that was a little weird. And a little bit flamboyant, a little bit mm-hmm. theatrical. Mm-hmm.
0: And and it seemed like everybody had something to say about this and really felt this. They did. And I remember looking at, like, Twitter and Facebook and seeing people's reactions who I definitely didn't expect to even care. No. And they, I remember one in particular was just, like, this guy who I work with who was like, oh, like, Bowie's going to be missed. Like, I have a lot of memories of, of Bowie growing up. And I was just like, you were into him? Like, this... And I think that just goes to show how transcendent he was in terms of, like, genre, groups of people who are into it, or into him, just across the board.
1: And that's true because, A, there are so many of him, there are so many Bowies, which we'll get into, there's so many albums and so many sounds, you could at one time be into a sound of, like, what he's doing with Space Oddity, and not so much like Ziggy Stardust. Maybe you love Ziggy Stardust, and you're not so into Low. Maybe you love Low, but you're not so into uh, what he's doing in the 80s or the 90s or right. with Black Star. Right. There's so many of him. And the other thing is, he was simultaneously a creator of pop music that people could really enjoy. Look at like Let's Dance. Look at Heroes. Look at Changes. Mm-hmm. Um, Space Oddity, to an extent, songs that are just, just pop appeal, widely, widely famous. And then you can have an album like Lodger and like, uh, and like low even, especially, yeah, definitely low where you can, if you're like fancy yourself, a serious music listener, or you decide you really want to dive into Bowie, there's this huge wealth of a catalog. There's so much to get into and it's all very consistent or, yeah. or not all, but a lot of it's very consistent. Right.
0: Yeah. And it's true. And you brought up how there were so many different versions of him. And I think this is a, probably a good transition into what. Yeah. What was your favorite Bowie persona? The, I
1: love this question. I was thinking about this earlier because I was listening to Station to Station. I think my favorite is the Thin White Duke. It's mine too. It's so, mine too. So, to, so, for some perspective, there's like Ziggy Stardust, who is obviously his character. Actually, to back up, yet another step. David Bowie created and embodied characters on tour and on albums, like for the duration. Then he would move on. My favorite is the Thin White Duke, which is his character from, I think, only Station to Station.
0: So, yeah, so it technically, yeah. but So it's like this, like, well-dressed, like, cabaret singer almost. I think you could kind of say that this look, not necessarily this character, but kind of this, like, look, I guess transitioned into, like, the the back half of his career. It's just like this, I'm going to wear a suit and, like... Well, here's what Look else. a certain way. Like, he didn't drastically change his appearance. No,
1: not anymore. But the Thin White Duke, the Thin White Duke died, Sean. Because the Thin White Duke, uh, Bowie, uh, so, he was really came into his own with that character during Station to Station, which is when he was living in L.A. And when Bowie was in L.A. creating that album, he was very, very addicted to cocaine. <laughs> and there are these incredible just myths about that era where he li- like lived on milk red peppers and cocaine and so this was a period where he was pretty out of his mind he got into like Aleister Crowley and the occult and was just and kind of and he had like I read that he had this fearful obsession with Jimmy Page like was actually afraid of him so this was a time in his life where he was, I didn't know this yeah and he he said in years since he was like the thin white duke was was a a, a, a nasty character indeed <laughs> the thin white duke also had some affiliations with like fascism <laughs> and, and like and i'm not even kidding you thought like kind of thought highly of hitler a little bit this is the degree to which bowie was like a daniel day lewis of characters yeah um And so what happened was after Station to Station, he goes to Lowe, which is his Berlin period. He moved away from L.A. to get away from the drugs and all the craziness of that scene and went to get clean in in Europe and started recording Lowe in France and then to Berlin eventually where he did the Berlin trilogy. Got clean, changed his sound a little bit. Got clean... Onto heroin. <laughs> Was it heroin? Yeah. Oh, so didn't get clean. Yeah. Changed drugs of choice. Yeah. Um, but and arguably but a worse drug. Uh, I think definitely a worse drug. Yeah. And so that's I think Station to Station. If you listen to it, it's great. First of all, listen yeah, to is. Station to Station if you get the chance. Um, the, <laughs> that's a cocaine album. Yes. <laughs> you, you can tell yes. it's a little quick. It's very funky. <laughs> it's like, and and I I just love this this character. I think it's honestly. It's less fleshed out than Ziggy. You don't yeah, know as, is, as much about the Thin White Duke as you do no. about Ziggy Stardust, but the the album starts with the line "The Return of the Thin White Duke," <laughs> yeah. and
0: you're like immediately you're drawn like, in who by is this? this guy.
1: Who would be who would be next for?
0: So I mean, uh, let me just say I don't think I could. I first of all I didn't know a lot of those facts <laughs> about this Thin White Duke character. That makes me like him even more. It's it's wild. So
1: I definitely think my like Duke is my number one, <laughs> minus the fascism part, right? Because
0: that's not cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, who knows how much of that was in Bowie's heart? I think very little of it. I, yeah,
0: I think he was probably. literally out of his mind. Yeah. Um. So I think this second one is probably Ziggy Stardust. It's the most fleshed out because it's the most, and it's like the most iconic. Well, maybe not the most iconic. I, think I would maybe say it the is. most popular. I was going to say this Aladdin-sane character, which is, like, Ziggy glammed out, like, to the max. Yeah. With him, like, with his lightning bolt makeup on, and, like, like that might be the most iconic Bowie look, because I remember seeing on Twitter, like, people were, like, painting their faces like that, and, like, dressing up like that. I think that might be the most, like, Recognized? No, recognizable, yeah. Yeah,
1: so I'm unclear as to, so the Ziggy and Aladdin Sane era was, I know it's Bowie with that like cropped orange mullet and he's wearing like skin tight, yeah. like latex stuff.
0: He looks like Dennis in the Day Man Cometh episode in of Always, Always Sunny. Sunny, yeah.
1: Right, and so is Aladdin Sane... Like the transcended version
0: of Ziggy Stardust. It's like, like the the super glam rock the, version, the evolved form, of, the Super Saiyan form. As I think, as far as I understand it, yeah. And someone who knows better than us is gonna be like, "No, Aladdin Sand was blah 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 blah." It's like whatever. It's Listen, his next thing. Don't come like, at
1: us with that extended universe crap. Cool. <laughs> All right, we saw the movies. We didn't. Mary read Mary
0: Jade sh- was married to Luke Skywalker in the books. He done so Star say, Wars extended, extended universe. universe. Yeah. yeah, that's what you meant by extended universe. Right? It is okay. what I was getting kind of into. Good. Yeah, um, then we'll save that talk for our Star Wars pod, kicking yeah. off in early 2017.
1: Right. Yeah, that podcast doesn't exist. Um, so I think I think that's one of my favorite aspects, it, re- removed from which is my favorite, the fact that Bowie created these characters and fully embodied them to an arguably insane <laughs> level is is really compelling, funny, and, and, and awesome,
0: honestly. It, it is. Um, so, yeah, Thin White Duke, my favorite persona. What do you have as your favorite Bowie album or albums? So the, this, is, this is a tough one because it really depends on which version of Bowie you like the best and yeah, which version of his music you like the best because I, I think – popular opinion would probably be ziggy stardust would be people's favorite i think consensus it really depends i think i think it's
1: known as his best with air quotes like but i don't know if it's considered by most people their favorite right um because he did he went through the decades and just kept producing albums and so the i mean i haven't listened to every bowie album maybe haven't listened to half he had a ton he had like a, a maybe 20 he had a lot yeah, of. i don't albums, know that
0: we've even listened to half
1: but we listen to the ones that are considered like canonical like yep. sort of his best work yep. um my favorite is probably low and we've discussed this before um just what he's doing on that with with soundscapes and ambience and and uh and electronic sound and just these cool mixtures of funk and the, like sort of post it's not post-punk but it has this like kind of I can't even describe the sound except that it sounds—it does sound low. It's like this kind of mm. eerie tone around the whole album. Um, that's probably
0: my favorite. The other ones that are up there. Or what's your favorite first? So I have an interesting relationship with his discography, I guess. So when I first started out listening, it was Ziggy. It's like this is the most immediately accessible. I already know a lot of these songs. It's really catchy. This is great. Great album. Then I got into Hunky Dory a lot. I was like, I actually like Hunky Dory a little bit better. Then, you know, I was listening to Low, and I was like, you know what? I think it's still Hunky Dory. I'm comfortable with this. It took until this past week, with his death happening, I was like, I'm going to go and revisit all of these albums again. And I I think my jazz listening has actually helped me appreciate the second half of Low a lot more, and just these ambient sounds. I think it's low for me as well. And
1: Bowie singing in literally made-up languages. And and
0: speaking in tongues. Yeah,
1: singing. Just the stuff he came up with, man, is so crazy.
0: So I think it's
1: low for me as well. Low is probably first followed thereafter by probably Hunky Dory for me. And then other ones that, I mean, they're all great. I love Ziggy Stardust. I love, I listened to Heroes again last night. That's a really good album. Um, uh, Lodger
0: is worth a listen. Station to Station, I love So, if I'm going to rank my top five right now, um, I'm going to say Low. Number two, I'm going to go Hunky Dory. Number three, I'm going to say Ziggy. Number four, I'm already going to say Black Star. Wow. I I can see it. And number five, I'm going Station to Station. I like it.
1: Have you listened much to Heroes? I've
0: listened to Heroes like four times. And and i got to be honest, I don't fully connect with that album. I don't fully Get what he's doing. Um, I, like "Heroes" is obviously an amazing song. It's kind of an outlier on that album in terms of like "Beauty and the Beast" sound. and Joe the Lion" and that. Yeah, stuff. And, like those are good songs. They I like are. them. I actually think I like the second half of "Heroes" better than the first half. The, with the yeah with the electronic ambient stuff.
1: To me, um, "Heroes" is like kind of a. And again, I haven't listened a ton to "Heroes." I've listened to "Low" many, many times. But heroes, it, it my impression is that it's sort of a a extension of what Low is about. There's like, like Beauty and the Beast and Joe the Lion. Those, especially Beauty and the Beast, it's like kind of this up pay, up tempo sort of just like kind of pop song. I really I really like it. Although I'm in a very much a Bowie phase right now, where right. pretty much any album I'm going to listen to, I'm going to enjoy. Um, I also listened to, like I said, Lodger, which is the third of the Berlin trilogy. It's considered the worst.
0: I don't know, man. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I, so, also, big shout to Ian because honestly, he's my like conduit to a lot of this Bowie knowledge and has been kind of like my, um, my like guide in like discovering a lot of this and hearing his opinions are legitimately very interesting and I respect them. He was like, Yeah, I never really got into Lodger a ton, revisited it this weekend. He's like, I really enjoy it. Like, it's, it's, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. So that, I'm, I'm going to check that out as well. Um, so what would you say your your top five for Bowie would end up being?
1: If I'm ordering it, okay, I think it goes low, low, Ziggy Stardust, Hunky Dory at a at a close third. I listened to Hunky Dory again recently and was less blown away by I some of the I was too of, recently, was, was, actually. Was less blown away by some of the second half than I me used too. to be. me too. So it goes, I think, low, Ziggy Stardust, Hunky Dory, black star and then i'm gonna give it to yeah it's gonna be station to station um but i mean that's the thing is there's so much more to explore i'm looking forward to getting into scary monsters um i think that's the name of it his 1980 album which came out after um lodger the Mm -hmm. year after Mm -hmm. i've heard that's an incredible album i think it got better reviews and is is seen as one of his better Mm -hmm. works his best of the 80s maybe
0: what is this song that's on Scary Monsters there's a big one right
1: uh i don't know but i can look it up real um, yeah, quick give not... you
0: filibuster for a minute oh i will i yeah i'm not totally sure what it is i, I think um we probably want to wrap up talking about bowie it, going back to black star and talking about it in the, with this idea of a death album and like yeah. a swan song so if you look at a lot of the themes on this album or some of the lyrics so they take on a new meeting after his death. Like, and it, look at this—a song like Lazarus. I mean, it's right there in the title. Like, it just—and in the first line, look
1: up here. I'm in heaven. Y- yeah,
0: if that's what it is, I think it's look up here. Is it look at me? Yeah, something like that. It's one of those two.
1: And um, basically, yeah. it's a
0: song about like just being free of like the like the chains of life, kind of. And yeah. just like like he's like look something about like. I'm that bluebird, like, flying away, or something like that, like, it's...
1: There are themes of death all over this album, and it it just, again, reinforces this idea that that this whole death and album release thing seems somewhat planned. I've heard some reports that he was going to record another album. Yeah, I've
0: heard that, too. (sighs) You know what I think it was? I think he got done with this. He was like, I might have some more time. I might have another one in me. Yeah. It almost I don't want to almost in like maybe a denial of like this is my last or a thing. wishful thinking thing. right I right
1: but you look at to go back to it you look at Lazarus that song is just in the music video both are just laden with with themes and imagery of death black star in um, the middle of the song there's like the two so it's kind of it's a 10 minute song yeah it's like on two- either end it's this sort of low this this slow down um part about uh what, what is he saying in there's a solitary candle in the center of it all yep. candle symbolism a little bit there In yep. the middle of the song though he has the lyric something happened on the day he died um oh what's the next part i need to find it because
0: okay. it's I, I while you're looking that up um so black star i guess is a term for a cancerous lesion jake that's really Did you know that
1: uh you, only because you've you. met you mentioned that to me which yeah. i think
0: is really really interesting i don't know if who's to say he even knew that or if that was the type of cancer he had but it's still another wrinkle here's, to all of this and
1: here's what the lyric is that is another very interesting wrinkle another sneaky one that bowie like just kind of like again snuck in there on us yeah. all it's all over us. so the lyric is um and this is like in the middle of the song it, it changes pace changes tone and it, and bowie sings Beautifully, I might add. Something happened on the day he died. Spirit rose a meter and stepped aside. Somebody else took his place and bravely cried, "I'm a black star. I'm a black star," um, which is giving me a little bit. Of, I'm feeling that emotionally a little bit. Yep. That's it. Honestly, a pretty incredible lyric. And I think Bowie realized he's like, okay, it's time for someone to take the helm. Mm-hmm. It's someone has to take the reins as as the star man, as the black star, as the Thin
0: White Duke, as as Bowie. Some, there's got to be a new one. Yeah, it's that's actually that's really interesting, and I haven't gone back and listened to Black Star while like closely reading lyrics or anything. Yeah, I'm going to just to kind of see what he's saying in here. Um, but what are your what are your favorites on this album in terms of songs? It's only seven songs long. It's 41 minutes. I get through it, and I'm like, I want to listen to that again. It's so good. It's so consistent through the whole thing.
1: It is, and I I think... I mean, we can start attributing everything to Bowie's genius, but it is a genius move that he released it before he died, because we got to say, we actually like it on its own merits. And and the fact that he died will always augment that. It'll always make this a different type of experience, but... I listened to this once or twice before Bowie died, and I really liked it yeah, then. I did too. And so, my favorite songs are um, actually Girl Loves Me, which is the third to last song, mm-hmm. kind of a hip hop in- yeah. in- infused song. Uh, track but he's having like i think some fun on this one and he's he, like the, the recurring lyric is where the fuck did monday go yep. over and over and i like he, i love how he's at one point he says who the fuck's gonna mess with me yeah he's like he sounds like he and i guess kendrick and some rappers were influences on this album um that's i think number one and then the next two for me are actually black star and then the last track um i can't give everything away which is uh Again, you can read into some of the, the lyrics on that one in terms of what he means by give everything away. I mean, this is a guy who dedicated his life to art, dedicated his life to creating art and being a character for someone yep. and for other people.
0: Um, and he just can't anymore give all of it away. That's right. And I think you could say that any song on here could be your favorite, maybe, because like they're all really, really good. They are. Um, I think my favorite is is Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Um for the kind of the death symbolism and message in there, as well as there's like this dark, like guitar strong the on there. Strum. It's I love it. Ominous and like, I, I, it's really, really good. Um, also girl loves me is up there for me too. I love the harmonica that intros. I can't give everything away, which is reminiscent of the harmonica. And what is it? New career in a new town. Yes. On low. I'm on so low. glad
1: you remember the title. Cause I couldn't remember yep. the name of the song.
0: Um, I also love Dollar Days, the second to last track. Here's the thing, Sean.
1: I love all these songs. <laughs> right. I love all of them. And the, the fact that for me, Lazarus is maybe fourth is sounds crazy, but I yeah. it's that's how and, good these songs and are. And I
0: can't blame you because like, they're all so good. Yeah. And I think we were talking about this today. I think when all is said and done for 2016, this is one of the albums of the year. This is going to be yeah. up there with everything else which is so cool because it's Bowie's last album. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, he released it before his death, and we already loved it. Yeah. It's taken on a new meaning, and it's the first album we listened to this year. And It's, it's going to be really important in terms of th- this year in music, in Bowie's career, in our lives.
1: The coolest thing to me is that Bowie, going out, didn't just do kind of a hack fan service thing. He like made a legitimate artistic statement. This is one of my favorite, truly favorite Bowie albums.
0: Me too. I, 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 wouldn't, I, I don't think Bowie's the type to do no. a fan service thing. He's going to do what he wants to do. And of course, it's going to end up being genius. It's always going to be good.
1: He was a stickler for quality. In fact, I read on Twitter today a story I thought that was really funny. Um, and, and telling of Bowie's character, which was that uh, Chris Martin of Coldplay... I don't know if you heard about this. He, I saw it on Twitter he too. He had written a song for some recent album um, and wrote a letter to David Bowie saying, we want to do a three-way harmony on this. We think that your voice would like suit it. Would you give it a listen? And, and like, would you be interested in taking part in this and having a... Like, recording this with us. And Bowie's response was just, well, it's not your, really your best work, is it? Like, this is sort of... <laughs> yep. I mean, it, He's like, it's not a great song. It's like, this isn't a great song, is it? Like, you've, you've done better than this. Yep. And I think, obviously, they were probably hurt by that. But at the same time, it's like, they what they said was they admired the fact that he, he cared about quality.
0: Which is so phenomenal. And how about him not only writing this album, creating this album, being in the studio, singing sessions for this album also he was writing and like helping create the play i think it's called lazarus right the play that he was working on i didn't oh, even he wrote about this oh he wrote the song lazarus for this play oh. and was there for like rehearsals and was singing and people were like he was just singing his heart out and like i don't know where he got the strength and the energy to do all of this it's it just it's another layer to the legend of his career, to this album, to this whole artistic statement yeah. that is Black Star. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, th- yeah.
1: I think it's uh, whenever a celebrity or someone famous, a great musician, whatever, dies, it always strikes me how much a shame it is that we celebrate them so much more in death than we ever did in life. I think that's one of like the, but it's like it makes sense why we do it, but at the same time, it's like I'd be kind of cool if Bowie knew that everyone loved him this yeah. much like I know I am sure he he had a firm understanding of where he stood so like culturally
0: maybe he didn't know how much everybody loved like loved david Bowie it's a it's a great point and it is the sad thing about just death in general is you don't see that outpouring of support until after the fact um you know at least like the family and you know they could they could see it and I'm sure that helps in the grieving process and you know what being able to share in these memories with fellow Bowie fans and just, you know, you, you have another excuse to talk about Bowie with your fellow human beings, which I think is really important and has, you know, it yeah. probably probably brought, brought a lot of people together over the past week or so. Yeah, it really has. Which yeah. is, you know, when you think about it, when you think about music, when you think about what he stood for culturally, that's what he would have wanted, I think. Yeah. So I, I think that's all really, really important. Um, I agree. You know, I I don't know how much else there's really to say about Black Star besides the fact that this is truly, like, a masterstroke of genius by him at the end of his life, and the end of his career. I can't recommend it enough. Even if you aren't the biggest Bowie fan or you're, you know, just even a little bit curious, I recommend listening to this album. It doesn't sound dated it doesn't sound like classic rock it, it, no this it, is a very much at like a 2015 2016 album
1: yeah and if, for anyone who's not familiar with what bowie is sort of all about like bowie's not going to do something that sounds dated he's always going to be Put, new and cutting edge and, really, yeah and, and right up there with what people are doing that's interesting absolutely he, and that's one of the things i most appreciate
0: about him is that he's this great sort of collaborator and just driver of creativity and i think We probably, I don't think we have enough time to talk about it this week, but definitely next week is just talking about what happens when, you know, rock stars or or pop musicians start to age. Um, I think Bowie, better than almost anyone, pushed boundaries and was on the cutting edge more than really anyone else and didn't rest on, on his laurels and his past successes. And he kept just doing more and and pushing the needle. And we we'll, we we'll, we will get into that at a different time. Yeah. I think it, it would probably make more sense to do that, but I agree. I um, agree.
1: And I and I agree with what you said. It, he was ne- restless as a as a creator and like I think I get the sense that he was always seeking out energy and just new ways to push the envelope culturally, you know, socially, musically, with acting. He was he was just like this We eternal, didn't even
0: touch on that. No,
1: eh? this perpetually just interested guy. Just yeah. interested in all this kind yep. of stuff.
0: And it's it's fascinating. I actually don't really have a, a relationship with Bowie as an actor, with the exception of he was Tesla in The Prestige, and that was my actually my first ever interaction with Bowie before I even listened to his music. Did you know it was him when you watched it at first? I did, but I was like, I don't really know who David Bowie is. Right, I like kind of knew, but like not really. I was like pretty young when I saw it. I was maybe like a freshman in high school or something. I didn't get it. Uh, but that's really my my biggest interaction with him as an actor, I mean, there's people who love that movie. Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah, they love it.
1: Well, he's in... And he's in more movies than I oh, yeah. ever yep. thought. Yep. And did you know that the cover of Station to Station and the cover of Low, both those images come from the movie he was in at the yes. time. I can't remember the name of it. It's something to do with... Uh, it's like... Something about coming to Earth. Something fell to Earth. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, it's like... Yeah, it, but... Yeah, that I was actually uh, Ian, big friend of the pod, was the telling, man who fell to Earth. man who fell to earth was telling me that that uh, album cover was uh, a screenshot from that basically.
1: And this is like the poster for the man who fell That's to earth. That's so cool. That's the cover of Low. That's
0: awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, um, I just showed
1: Sean a picture of the poster for. Quickly, the Jake, before we wrap
0: up, this is not this is something that we we didn't touch on. What's your favorite Bowie album cover? Ooh. Some wow. good ones to choose from. I think I have mine.
1: Now I want to hear yours and I got to think about it.
0: So, I think it's low. Uh huh. That orange in his side profile face. And then it just, it, like, the font that Lowe is in. There's yeah. something about it where you're like, I want to listen to this album. Like, what's this about? Um, it's just, it, it, it's one of the most visually interesting to me. Just because that particular like brand of orange on it, you don't see that a lot. I think that's my favorite. Um, obviously, Ziggy is awesome. Yeah. I too. Hey, did you ever notice the little K West sign in the background?
1: Yes. What um, is that about? Is that
0: Kanye West? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Illuminati. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think. Wow, that's that's a tough question. I think Low is up there. The cover to station to station is really cool. Yeah. I think one of my favorite album covers is is Heroes.
0: Yeah, I love
1: that album cover. It's so iconic that like pose he's doing. It looks like he's like clearing his throat before singing or something. But um, even if that's not like his best album necessarily, I mean it's really really good. But um, the cover is cool. It's for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's Bowie, sort of looking diagonally from the camera, and he has his one hand at his chest, and his other is like like rigidly. Up in front of his face. And to me it looks if like he's see, like preparing you, to clear his throat if, and sing. If,
0: if you don't know what we're talking about and then you see it, you'll be like, oh, I know. I've yeah. seen that before. Google it's, Heroes, David Bowling. It's incredibly iconic. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's a great cover. It is.
1: And so is Lowe. Like you say, and I think it's because it's from a science fiction movie, yeah. that Color Orange is really, really cool. Yeah. That is on the it cover is. of Lowe. And the Station to Station cover... Is telling of
0: it sounds, it looks like what station to station it does, would look like. it does, it absolutely does. And I, those are some of my favorite album covers. We talked about this on previous podcasts. Um, I think just to kind of sum up, like yeah. even his album covers were so like of his persona and of who he was and artistic, and, was, yeah, and, and what vibe he was going for.
1: No, I agree totally. And I think right down to, and I don't know if I talked with you about this, but on Black Star. I saw a comment on a YouTube video for it that the little star fragments at yeah. the bottom spell Bowie, which I had never oh, noticed. Oh, I had no idea. And it, it, you have to look really close. It's pretty, it's like kind of weird. But so basically if you look at the album cover for Black Star and you look at the stars on the bottom, you have to like, for the first one, oh, you have to look at so cool. kind of the white space next to it. It looks kind of like a B. Look at the second star as an O. The middle part is a W the the fourth one has an I and the last one has sort of three prongs like an like an E yep. the one that least looks like itself is the B it does yeah and I don't know if this was planned it but you, it you could see it as potentially a a planned thing
0: for sure yeah. wow that's another just stroke of genius cool, and another club. level in there wow so uh, yeah that's pretty much our our summation of David Bowie it's and nowhere Black near Stark. sufficient it, we did nowhere... not do him anything close to justice it, what can you do you, you can't, can't there's no way for two
1: 20 somethings to no, accurately or, or effectively sum up the career that was for David nope, Bowie but,
0: and I feel bad even attempting
1: yeah but suffice it to say that I mean we're two earnest huge fans yep. of, of, of what Bowie did and Honestly, I, I mean, I think it can, it can speak for Sean in saying that we're two people that are still discovering more and more about Bowie. And Absolutely. that, um, you know, it's uh, it's really
0: a shame that he went as,
1: I think, I mean, 69 is pretty young, especially in, now.
0: You know, in 2016, that's, I guess, when you see people die at 69, you're like, oh, that is that is a little young. That's yep. It's starting to get that way. So it is sad. Um, but basically that you know i would love to hear any feedback people had about their memories their favorite albums you know what he meant to you who's your Um, favorite persona who your favorite persona is yeah let us know that's an interesting question so um that does it for us uh we'll be back next week though thanks everybody i'm a black star
1: I was thinking about this uh, on the car ride over Um, Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult came on do you like Blue Oyster Cult slash that song
0: I've honestly I've only heard that song like a few times and it's fine I guess I like it I wouldn't
1: wouldn't change it
0: like if it's on yeah I'll fuck with Blue Oyster Cult see I'm just listening to like my my iPhone my Spotify
1: no I know yeah you don't have the radio on right
0: I have it sometimes on. And it's Why a... even put yourself in the position where you need to make a, des- a decision about Blue Oyster Cult? <laughs> it's a good question, like... but but my decision is listen to Don't Fear the Reaper. It's a good song. Yeah. If you really want to, you can listen through Spotify. Yeah. That's true, but if I'm in the car, I'm just I'm bopping
1: along. And it comes on, I'm not going to change it. My question is, if it comes on, which it won't for you, but if it did, theoretically, if you're in a situation, yep. a hell, where you have yep. to listen to the, the radio, like a plebeian, yep. and Don't Fear the Reaper
0: comes on, do you change it? I change it to my iPod. No, you don't have your iPod. You only have the radio. I put a CD in the CD. You don't
1: card. have a CD. You have the ra- the radio.
0: Okay. No, I probably don't change there it. There you go. See? Sean's favorite song. <laughs> Are we ready? I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one.